Each morning you wake up, I want you to speak five lines to yourself every morning. One, I am the best. Two, I can do it. Three, God is always with me. Four, I am a winner. Five, today is my day. Wherever you may be listening, whoever you may be listening, whoever you are, wherever you are, I want to thank you. I'm forever humbled that you've taken time out of your day uh, to listen to the podcast. This is episode 11 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. I am Justin, your friendly host. And I think it's important that we start each day with some type of affirmation. It's okay to celebrate our wins, to be happy, to take moments for ourselves, to treat ourselves. I think that's very, very key when it comes to uh, dealing with our mental health. And there's something I saw uh, yesterday from Sarah Kubrick from the Millennial Therapist page. She wrote that self-validation can sound like this is hard. It's normal to feel this way. I am proud of myself. All the unknowns are making me anxious. I am tired and deserve to get some rest. Today I am really struggling with dot dot dot. It's not my fault. It's okay for me to say no. I am enough. It's okay to cry. I feel like so often we don't give ourselves enough grace. We don't give ourselves enough credit for our wins, for what we've done well. We tend, and and myself included, I'm not uh, immune to this. We tend to try to perfect ourselves, to try to get to this level that we're trying to reach to, but never take the time to stop and say, look, let me celebrate how far I've come. Right? You could be running this long journey. Maybe you're running a marathon and you're just not at the destination just yet. But you fail to realize how far you've come, how many miles you've already ran or walked to that point. On this journey of life and on this journey of mental health, we need to take time out of each day and say, you know what, Justin? You did good. Be proud of those moments. Celebrate things that make you happy. You know, I usually end my episodes with affirmations, but I wanted to start my episode with some affirmations because I think on this Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you're making time to listen, there's never a time when we don't need affirmation. Here's something else I'll share with you. Here was a post. This post came from Alex L. Things I'm no longer apologizing for. Please take note. And thank you from from my good friend, Miss Cummings, for, for sharing this post. I'm no longer apologizing for my feelings. I'm no longer apologizing for having firm boundaries. I'm no longer apologizing for saying no to something I'm not interested in doing. I'm no longer apologizing for being emotional crying. I'm no longer apologizing for not answering the phone when I can't or don't feel like it. I'm no longer apologizing for needing to take a break. I'm no longer apologizing for asking for clarity when I don't understand. I'm no longer apologizing for how other people behave. I'm no longer apologizing for changing and becoming better. I'm no longer apologizing for not agreeing with someone. 
I'm no longer apologizing for putting myself first. I can't be anything to anyone if I am nothing to myself. I'm no longer apologizing for not settling for less than I deserve. I'm no longer apologizing for letting go when I need to. And I'm no longer apologizing for healing at my own pace. Wake up this morning and give yourself credit for all of the mountains that you've been climbing. For all of us, we're dealing with something, some type of, whether it's your mental health, whether it's stress, whether it's just finding some strength to get out of bed. I commend you because you, if you're listening to this today, whatever you've gone through, whatever you're feeling, you have survived it. You're here today for a reason. And for those who listen to this episode, this podcast, who are not uh, actively dealing with the mental health concern, those who are our advocates, those who want to support us and be there and be educated about what we're going through and what we're feeling. Remember this quote. Everyone has a chapter they don't read out loud. Everyone has a chapter they don't read out loud. So because someone might not be as vocal about it, doesn't mean they're not going through something. I preach in these podcast episodes every week. Make sure you check in on the ones you love. Ask them how they're feeling. Check in. Make sure they know how much you care. You know, this is I was in a clubhouse room the other day and a doctor, Dr. Angela, uh, brought to my attention that the month of July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Or as my other doctor friend, Dr. Katherine Jackson, helped bring to my attention that in most instances, it might be better to refer to it as uh, BIPOC uh, Awareness Month, Mental Health Awareness Month. Nevertheless, another month for us to give even extra concern, extra awareness to our mental health. Now, it doesn't stop just when the month of July is over, but we should take extra time this month to check in on ourselves, to see how we're feeling, see what we're doing. You know, when it comes to this mental health conversation, it's very, very difficult, particularly for men. And... I say that because men, we're designed typically to be the strong guy, the rock, the I got to be solid. I, I can't let them see me sweat. I can't let them see me cry. You know, we grew up, many of us, not just in the black community, but many in the black community, we were told to be strong, to ignore our triggers, to ignore our trauma and just put on that great face and be okay. But really not just black men, but all men usually want to carry this persona that there's nothing wrong with us, which makes it very hard for us to be vulnerable with our partners, to be vulnerable with our friends. It's a tough conversation to have a conversation with one of my best friends. Say, you know what, bro? Hey, how was your day? Man, yeah, man, I was in therapy for three hours. I was on the edge. No, we want to talk about the good stuff. We want to talk about music and the games and going out and spending money and getting the new cars and the new clothes and new Jordans. Well, what about a conversation like, hey, bro, yeah, man, you know, I had to check myself in today. I, I was having a terrible day. I was on the edge. 
it's very difficult for men to want to be vulnerable with any human being. So what happens is we boil a lot of this inside and we we're hurting for months, years even. And sometimes it comes out in in ways that hurts others. Relationships, friendships, acting out our behavior. And I want to say to every man that's listening to this episode, you're going to be okay. And you aren't alone. There's many men like you, whether they, they read their story aloud or not, that are battling each and every day to be their best selves. You may not be aware of it, but they're out there. And this episode was particularly special to me because I had a chance to sit down with Miss Sophia May. And I won't read all her accolades out because in the, ep- in, in the conversation, we talk about some of the things that she's accomplished, a very humble, beautiful soul. But she started a movement. She's founded an app called Mendable. Mendable. And when you look that word up, Mendable, it means that you, that, that you can be fixed, that, that you aren't broken, that, that you can... That you can, that there's hope. It, 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 it lends itself to believe, to help you to see that there's hope out there for you. That there's, there's, there's a way. And what, what uh, Sophia May has been able to do and what she's still doing, because this app is still in its beginning phases, but there's so many uh, amazing things that she has planned uh, for this app is it's creating forums and safe spaces, both on Clubhouse, YouTube, Instagram, for men to come together and to have conversations about their mental health. Right from their website, Mendable, changing lives one download at a time, an app for men to share their testimonies and experiences of mental health. Find others they can relate to and connect with and together help tackle the stigma and barriers for men to speak out and seek help. Their mission is to create a self-sustaining global community where men can reflect and speak freely and positively support each other. Mendable will create new cultures, communities while saving and improving lives. So what I was interested to know, this is amazing. This is great. Where was this 10 years ago when I was in high school on the verge of suicide? Right. But. We need it now, and I'm glad that it's here now. I was curious to understand why a number one uh, billboard songwriter and singer with a great music career, great accolades, who's also a mental health nurse, why would she be so passionate about mental health and not just mental health, but particularly focusing on improving that mental health conversation when it came to men? So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Uh, Please uh, share this with a friend. I think this episode is going to be my best episode yet because this was truly an amazing conversation with Sophia made. So Sophia may, excuse me, from the Mendable app and many other accolades. This is I am Mendable. All right. Good morning, Miss Sophia. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you. How's life in the uh, in the UK? It's actually good. The weather's not too bad today. You know, in the UK, we kind of it's touch and go. We never really know, but it's uh, 
it's good it's good today so I, I feel I feel glad about that I've had a bit of time outside as well which is great <laughs> and, and what part of the UK are you in so I'm in a place called Bristol which is it's about two hours and most people know the point as London so it's about two hours two and a half hours from London yeah that's what I was about to ask because like growing up in America like all I, I know UK is like obviously London it's uh I think Scotland's in the UK too right is it Scotland or is it no it's not Scotland um so they have their own uh government in Scotland. oh okay I see that's yeah. why I need why I need you I know because I know like Gordon Ramsay was born in Scotland right but raised in I think he was raised in, in the UK um, yeah, I think you're right, actually. I think I okay. heard that recently. Yeah. 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 But I always try to pinpoint, like, I always ask people, um, where's London at? So, so it's like <laughs> the big, that's obviously the big city, right? It is, it is. And um, Bristol's a big, it's a big one too. It's it's known for being one of the um, most musical cities as well, which I was quite shocked when I found that out. But um, but yeah, no, Bristol's pretty big. It's it's uh, multicultural. It's, it's actually a beautiful place to live. I'm really lucky to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I have to come and visit uh, the UK one day. Yeah, I mean, I was born in London. I was born in London, raised in the countryside and then moved to Bristol. So, you know, I I do have a lot of love for for London as well. (laughs) But you've been to America and we're going to talk about America in just a second too. Um, But first, I want to let my audience know who Sophia May is, those who might not know. So here's a couple of facts about you. Um, Back in the day, you and your constant uh, collaborator, uh, producer, Bella Tracks, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You guys hit the number one spot in the U.S. Billboard Hot Dance Airplay chart for three weeks in a row with I Can't Help Myself. Uh, was voted number two dance airplay song of 2008 in the Billboard, number one on a hot 96 charts in the U.S. So uh, some in the U.S. know exactly who you are. Uh, you started your career at 16. Uh, in the spring of 2009, your other single, Another Day, reached top five on the Billboard, was on all radio playlists around the country, stayed on the charts for 17 weeks, voted the 20 best dance song of the decade in Billboard magazine for 2009. Wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, you've done shows alongside Lady Gaga, one of my favorites, Michelle Williams, Cindy Lauper, most recently performed with Nelly, The Game, Jeremiah in the UK. And here's one that was really impressive to me. You wrote and recorded with legend Gloria Gaynor, who performed one of the biggest songs of the 70s, if not the biggest song of the 70s, I Will Survive. You have writing credits for working with 50 Cent's label. And uh, you've also worked with Egyptian. Egyptian's an amazing artist. You guys wrote and released a song called Nah Come Out. Uh, And you've worked constantly with different producers, uh, music producers all around. And so just kind of just there, like what, what, um, how, how old were you when obviously you're an accomplished, you know, um, artist, how old were you when you realized that music was going to be your passion? Obviously you started your career at 16, but you know, you when know did what? you know that you had that talent? It's so weird when it's read out like that. Cause you know, I, I definitely probably have some level of imposter syndrome. And when I hear it like that, it's like, Oh yeah, well, I forgot how cool things have been like over the years you know mm-hmm. um I've done a lot I've worked really hard but um I to be honest I never really and I still never really place myself there it's 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 an odd one like I I always loved to sing and stuff you know as you do as a young girl singing in the shower or listening to like Whitney Houston and trying to sing along and things like that um but my sister um kind of forced me into this this competition which I won and it kind of went from there 
so I would say like more than anything I was kind of thrown into this industry and clearly I was sort of blessed in you know vocally and then the writing as well um which I never thought I could do I just gave it a go which is why I always say to people just have a go because you never ever know you know the right. first song I ever wrote myself was the song that went to number one really like that I really wrote <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's incredible really when I think about it um but yeah I suppose an early age I kind of like I enjoyed it but I've never to this day and you know and I'm sure we'll talk about the mental health stuff as well shortly but you know I kind of feel like I found my place with why that happened for me um kind of recently so yeah was your musical inspiration I mean I was definitely that girl that was like loved Mariah and Whitney and okay Mariah Whitney I was yeah I, was I can hear that I've listened to a bunch of your songs recently I can hear that um, and then briefly, real quick, before we kind of move on from the music, uh, is what, what's your favorite place that you've toured? You've done a lot of touring across the world. What's like your favorite quick memory of just touring or wherever you've gone uh, to, to do music? Um, I mean, my heart is probably in New York, just for the, the fact that I lived there for a year and I've got a lot of family there. Um, I had the pleasure of having my daughter live there with me for that year as well. Um, oh, but but I would say one of the places that I really love going to San Francisco. Um, the first time I went, it was kind of when I was sort of doing touring with the radio stations and stuff. It was kind of dipping in and moving out um, very quickly after a show. Uh, but San Francisco is somewhere where I've been a few times and been able to actually see a bit more of it. And it was always somewhere I wanted to see a bit more of as well. So, yeah, San Francisco. I love San Francisco. People were just always so friendly. But there's lots of places I like to be fair. You know, I've never, I've never not enjoyed myself traveling around America, if I'm honest. And speaking of that, yeah, San Francisco is amazing. New York, I go to, I'm not too far. I live in Virginia, but New York is only maybe a six, seven hour drive. Um, speaking of your daughter, that's kind of a nice segue into, I would argue, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you've done a lot of really cool things in the music industry, but I would argue that your most important job in this world is being a mother. And on your bio, on your website, uh, you write that when you're not performing or writing music, you spend time being a mom to your young daughter um, who also um, deals with learning disabilities and epilepsy. So you're super passionate about helping those and advocating those with disabilities. Additionally, you're a qualified mental health nurse. You're currently working with Juan Gray behind the scenes to advocate for mental health. And you're looking to find innovative ways to support men in particular. So uh, you're a mental health nurse and has a particular keen interest in men's well-being and that your viewpoint is not just that, um, is that there's a gap between where men are not assessing services as much as women and to help men um, who will ultimately support our women. So just talk a little bit about uh, your passion for, you know, the youth, your passion for men. Um, obviously, I can see where that's coming from, but what, what, what makes you so passionate about it? Uh, well, one of the things that I really noticed more recently was my kind of my whole life around the music industry and my success with that. And one of the things that I love the most was connecting with people, mm -hmm. trying to understand different people, different types of people. You know, every, everyone's an individual. And but I'm open to kind of learning about other people, other cultures. So my my main thing that I was really good at was kind of networking. Um, and I share, you know, I share the same passion as many, but uh, my kind of desire to help others was was very strong. I worked with disengaged young people um, 
you know, in, in my life. And, and then I decided to do my qualification after I'd had my success in America um, and things started to die down, but through uh, difficult relationships and things with uh, my partner at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just had, I just had a passion for helping people. So I did my mental health nursing. Um, obviously my daughter's, my daughter was born with a partial chromosome deletion. So she has learning needs and uh, physical needs as well, um, which is why I do do the advocacy for that. I, you know, I've massive support of Open Book as well, with Chris, who's Chris and James that are doing their thing with that. Um, anyone that's doing anything to help others, I will support fully. I'm definitely not um, precious about the particular work that I do and the project that I do. I'm all for supporting other people. But yes, the, the, the work around men's mental health in particular is that we know there's more than double the suicide ratings with men. Um, something's not connecting. Men are not accessing services as women do. Uh, men are not speaking as much. Um, I'm starting to learn more and more why those reasons are from the men's rooms that we run. Um, but I also, I'm not one to, to blame others for my own situations and the relationships that I've been in, it would have been easy to because I, I had a difficult, very difficult time. Um, but what I wanted to do was, and, and what I kind of reflected on was the fact that they weren't really looking after themselves and therefore couldn't really fully help to look after me. Um, so I kind of wanted to do this work to, to enable men to, to not leave somebody like me in the position that I was in because they weren't able to deal with the stuff that was going on for them because they weren't able to speak about the things that were going on for them for a start, let alone to then access, you know, deeper support in order to really rectify some of those things for them. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, yeah. And so you guys, you've done something, you've amassed uh, on Clubhouse, particularly where we've connected, uh, following about 10.8 thousand people, your club uh, on there, the, uh, the the regular room, men and mental health testimony time, experiences power, you have about 7,000 members almost uh, in your club. So obviously you are changing lives day by day. That's how we were able to connect through the app as well. And uh, you've partnered and co-founded an app called Mendable. Mendable, which yeah, I think so is just very cool. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I am the founder of Mendable because things changed. We had to do a bit of a pivot. Um, okay. Juan is absolutely a massive member of uh, Mendable, um, but the actual work on the app is done with a different set of people um, who I felt when I brought them together, it just felt right. So right. it's two brothers, David and Dan Roach, and myself and Patrick Hill. Um, and we've just, our minds all work together uh, and have created something really beautiful and something very unique. Um, so that's still in, in development stages, but things are moving fairly quickly. Uh, we also have the wonderful Dutch who's come on board with that as well, um, who just kind of tied everything together uh, in a perfect way. Um, so yeah, we run the men's groups. So we have the men's groups on a Monday and Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Pacific, and 8 p.m. UK. And, you know, I'm trying to get the timings right and getting everyone else to. <laughs> Yeah, that's, um, that's right. <laughs> but we also have the website at www.mendable.app where we also have a forum now. We're doing the YouTube lives, we do the Instagram lives. There's just so much going on. Um, and 
yeah, it's, it's for me, Mendable, I mean, the name, I, I I don't know where it came from, to be honest, but I feel like it fits perfectly <laughs> for what it, it is. Um, but yeah, the, the Mendable to me is a movement. It is, um, it's a movement. It's not one particular thing. It's an umbrella for amazing work that's going on to help men with their mental health. And um, I see big things for it. And if, if I'm honest, when it comes to the things that I've thought about in my life that I've wanted to succeed, I've all, I always have. I'm very driven um, and I intend to succeed with this one because I think it's going to save some lives. I think and we you, already you, do. No, you, you definitely are, because, you know, when I look up that word mendable and that's what caught me. That's why when I heard that I was I I kept you know DMing. I'm like, I want to talk to Sophia because this is amazing. And this is right in the beta phase, as you mentioned. But even the word mendable itself literally means to make repairs or restoration to perform a correct to mend. And so to, to make a statement like, you know, I'm mendable, like I'm, you know, savable. I can get the help I need in creating that space, I think is amazing. Right on right off your website at mendable.app. Uh, it, it says this is a space for men to be able to share the testimonies of their experience of mental health while feeling supported, listened to, your experience is power and may help another. We are aware that these topics or of conversation within these types of spaces may draw up unexpected emotional triggers. But even with that being said, you're still creating that safe space and men are coming in there and sharing, being vulnerable. I've heard tears in there. I've heard emotions. Yeah, it's really a great space. We've got men from, you know, different classes, different different ethnic groups. We've got different um, sexualities. We've got everything. We're so inclusive. If you come in that room, what you do see is a bunch of really different people sharing the same common ground, which is to help themselves and to help others with love. And actually, uh, what I wanted with this space which is what's actually happened and I'm so glad is that this is not I mean I am a mental health professional that's not what I'm in that room to do I facilitate a space mm -hmm. you know as a mental health nurse I'm facilitating a space for men to support men so I love the fact that it's not professionals giving advice or professional advice I love the fact that this is just on ground level man to man being able to speak to each other share what's worked for them what hasn't what may work for somebody else, but may not, but just being there and being supportive of each other. That's the bit that I really love. And that's the bit that separates us from most things. Well, yeah, because I think that disclaimer is on your profile. You guys mentioned in the room that, hey, we're, we don't, you know, this isn't uh, professional no. help. This isn't a therapy session. This is no. just, we, we just want to hear what you have to say. You guys are respectful. You give people their time. And you also, most importantly, in your bio, you have links to where people in both the UK, US, where people can go get help. Um, and you even put in your bio, listen, if you can't, if you're in a different country, email me. Here's my email and I will help you. So it's obvious you're gun ho on helping people. And that's something I say in my rooms, too, is that. I just want to hear you. I just want to yeah. give you a space to be heard because so many men, women have felt locked up in the space of their mental health and they feel like they don't have a space to just be heard. So if you want advice, we'll try to get you with someone that can get you the advice. But the first step is just being able to be brave enough to come up on stage and tell us your story. And well, I think we don't, you know, we don't want to leave people in distress. That's not that's mm -hmm. not um, what the room's about. And, and men come into that room not just to share things that are difficult, but also to share positive things that they may not have people that they can share those things with, because that's just as important as well. You know, th this is about 
men being able to reflect and respond to each other. There's a lot of men in that room that are not used to responding to men's tears in an appropriate way. They're not used to that because that's not how they were raised. You know, they were raised to, to call people fit names that actually what they don't realize is, is that, it, that it's okay. It's okay to be gay. So mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? It's like, but right. when that's used in that term, you're crying, therefore you're gay. It's not appropriate, but they're learning those skills within the room. And it's beautiful to see how people have come on because what happens is nobody attacks, nobody does any of that. We all educate, that's the point. Everyone's educating each other on a human level. It's beautiful. Yeah, so real quick before I get you out, I know we only have a few moments left. Uh, so where do you see, where do you envision the app going? I know it's in beta stage. Um, yes, I know you, yes. you have the website. It's a beautiful. I've already signed up. I'm in the club as well. Um, oh, so wh where where do you see yourself in the next six months, six months to a year going with the app? So obviously these things take time. Um, the process is the unique part of the app, which I can't I can't even really share. But it's 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 something very, very new that's not been done before. Um, the guys that we're working with, I mean, David, and David and Dan are just incredible geniuses that, um, you know, they are tech guys that really but they're also medically um medical engineering uh, backgrounds okay. and uh, so there's research behind everything that we're doing and and I, and I do absolutely believe that i think it's going to take some time because it's it's the process which is why we've you know got everything else that's going on as well in the background the forum the youtube lives and and the instagram lives and the clubhouse um but when that app comes uh, it which will likely be within the next 6 months um i see this being the next big thing that people will actually go to that healthcare could potentially be involved with something that's really going to build but nonetheless the movement is still going to be happening that's never stopping like one thing that we do do is we always show up um and, and we're it's all of us and actually we we're not doing it because we're being paid to do it we're doing it because we care it's a it's beautiful and as you know justin when you come in, you you gradually, you know, feel secure in that family, you start to share, and then you right. feel a part of it as well. This is a movement. I intend to see, I am seeing in my vision <laughs> to have, you know, the mendable hubs, to have the conferences, to have all the things that are going on around and just continue to grow. Because ultimately, this is not going to change. The pandemic, we are still in a pandemic, but things are actually going to get worse before they get better, I believe, as we come out of this pandemic. There's a lot of social anxiety. There's a lot going on for people. Um, we haven't even had the stats out for the suicide rates in the last year yet. So mm -hmm. uh, I believe anything that can help, which is why we support other things as well, is, is just, it's just a necessary. It's needed. Yeah, I, was, I said on one of my other episodes, there was a 27% increase in one of our call centers um, for mental health last year. And that makes sense because it was a tough year for everyone. So we're all struggling. I, and I like how you're saying that you guys are going to you're, you're going to continue to create those spaces and grow and grow. Um, you know, the, the, the amount of people that can come into those rooms and feel safe and um, you're doing so much. I want to just thank you because I know you're dealing with so much. I've seen that you're back in the studio. So you're making music again. You're obviously a mother. I know you're in a relationship as well. So you have so many different things that you battle each and every day, but to still make time um, with those rooms to create that space you are to be committed. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, I wanna get you out of here on this because I looked it up some of your song lyrics. I was listening to some of your music and some of it really, really touched me. I'm gonna give you a quote from Anywhere With You in 2013. You says, I can oh be goodness. anywhere. 
I can be anywhere as long as I'm with you, baby, without a, a care. As long as I'm with you, you've got me floating on air every time I'm alone with you. I can be anywhere as long as I'm with you. That's the, I'm a married, happily married man. So so anything <laughs> about love that 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 was a great lyric. So please, if you're listening, go look up that song. It's on on streaming platforms. Unconditional love two one eighteen. This is a little different. You said you don't deserve my love. No unconditional <laughs> love. Can you feel the pain in me or were you too blind to see? I, I love that because I think a lot of times it's so cool to say uncon- love is unconditional. But is it really if you're not getting what you need out of a relationship? It may it's it's con- it, you want to love someone unconditionally. But at, at some point, if you don't feel the same in return, how long can you continue to put? So I love that's like a nice little breakup song, right? But uh, <laughs> and, and, and it was. <laughs> it was. I, I, I figured. I figured. Uh, but then let me go with the last one. Let me go back super back to 11 years to a song you did with Mo Rock. Now wow. called I Believe. Now I know you wrote. I did the research. You wrote this to um, in the direction of the kids, something yeah, to, to help inspire to, to, to the schools. Schools. You're very yeah. passionate about that. But you says I stand up for what I believe. No matter how hard it seems, it's not what you perceive because you can have it all if you believe. And I think when it comes to this mental health space, we need more believers. We need more people like yourself to hop on board, to use your influence, to use your platform, your audience to bring awareness to this. And um, And if you don't believe, if you mm -hmm. don't believe, come and have a listen to a room. Just come and have a listen. We'll make you a believer, right? We'll, we'll, we'll make them all believers. So I believe in you, Sophia May. I believe I'm so grateful that you took some time to speak with me. I'm hoping obviously down the line when you guys continue to redevelop and revamp the app, I'd love to talk to the entire team and have you guys back on the on, on the podcast as well. And I'm a supporter. If there's anything you need, um, I, I, I'm here for you. I am mendable. I, I believe in your cause and I'm going to be a forever supporter. So thank you so much. Tell them really quickly where they can find you. On your Thanks social media. I'll, I'll just quickly say as well, the, the the same exact thing applies to you. And I'm grateful that you're part of this with us and you've joined this family with us. So I just wanted to say that too. Um, and I'll send you the song. But the, the, the other thing, uh, yes. So www.mendable.app. We have the forum over there. We have the uh, at mendable.app on Instagram. So we do the lives. We've got the YouTube um, mendable.app everything's mendable.app um, and then we have the clubhouse but if you come to www.mendable.app it will direct you to all of that in one okay. place um, if you want to check out you know what I do which you know I support a lot of different things um, it's at Sophia May Music and that's everywhere as well Sophia May Music well thank you so much for joining uh, again this conversation has been great and we're, we're going to connect again and yes. get a chance. And every time you have rooms when I can support, I'm in there. Just I don't even I know you bring me up on the stage, but I, I'm just there as a listener. I'm just there to support. And I appreciate uh, you you giving me a space to, to always share and, and to talk yeah, to you as well, making some yeah. time. So yeah. thank you so much. I'm DJ Jazzy J or Justin from the Mental Health Podcast with Sophia May. I am Mendable. Let's give it up. Let's give it up one more time for Miss Sophia May. I'm so grateful that Sophia worked with me. You know, we were on two different time coasts. Uh, A little quick, uh, funny story is that we kind of, because she's over in the UK and five hours ahead, we kind of confused it with four hours ahead. And 
she actually woke me up the morning of the interview because I was still asleep trying to get some sleep. But uh, we were able to really get some information in there. And I look forward to Sophia talking with you again in the future, particularly when this app uh, blows up. It's going to be something major, a major deal. Um, I know there's some new music coming as well for Sophia uh, that I may or may not have heard a preview for. That is quite amazing and marvelous. Um, honestly, it really is. And uh, Patrick Hill, shout out to Patrick as well. Uh, who's working along with Sophia, I believe is the CEO of the app, and he's an amazing partner. We've had some conversations offline. I look forward to you, Patrick, having a chance to come on the podcast as well and getting a chance to tell your story. Um, just an amazing movement that she's creating and using her platform, her awareness, her following to drive attention to this is so important. And, you know, after I, just, I, I had a conversation with Sophia, it Reminded me of this quote from Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, as you guys know, world-renowned, one of the greatest boxers of all time. He says that people run in packs because they don't feel safe alone. I run alone because I don't feel safe in packs. And I thought that was interesting because I'm that guy who likes to be the loner. I have friends around me, but because I sometimes, people confuse because I can speak well or I'm sociable, very good in good circles. Like I'm very antisocial. I'm very like actually... Um, introverted, although I portray myself to be extroverted, at when I'm at my best, my peaceful moments, I'm by myself and even away from my spouse, from my friends. And I struggle with that because I have to be balanced, but I prefer to be alone because of my history of not being able to trust people. As a man, not feeling safe, uh, not feeling able to open up and be as vulnerable as I should be with the people that I love the most. And so it, it has me running by myself a lot of times because I don't know if I can quite trust the right people because a lot of times I feel like I'm just waiting for someone to betray me. And I, I need to get out of that and I'm working to get out of that. But that quote stuck with me. But in contrast, this Mendable app, this forum that Sophia and Patrick um, are working on is, is turning that all around on his rear end. It's creating a safe space for men to come together and share their, their stories and their testimonies. I've been in their clubhouse rooms twice a week where uh, they get a chance to have hundreds of people come in there and talk openly, honestly, shed tears, shed laughs about what they're feeling. It's creating a safe space so that we don't have to go run alone anymore. We can run with a pack of people who care about us. And the biggest, new, the biggest thing is some of the, most of these people don't know each other from Adam. They've never met each other in real life, but we're creating a brotherhood, a team of people who are united by one thing. And that's the goal is to help people and to destigmatize the negative connotation surrounding mental health. It's a beautiful thing. Sophia, thank you so much. I'm going to continue to shout your praises from the sky. Uh, you guys in the episode notes, we're to get links to her music. And when her newest venture drops, trust me, you guys will be first to know about it from my perspective. And I'll make sure I link you guys to her social media and make sure the Mendable app uh, hyperlink is below as well for you guys. Please go follow their page on Instagram and uh, sign up. Sign up as a member. This is going to be something amazing that you'll be able to say you jumped on the bus in the beginning before it blew up and became something totally even that much more rad. So. Thank you so much. I want to end here with uh, a few thoughts. I kind of led the podcast with some affirmations, so I won't end there as much. But I do want to talk about therapy real quick. I'm an avid person who's uh, a big fan of therapy. Some of my colleagues don't believe too much in therapy, but I do believe that therapy is important from my perspective. It's helped me out 
Um, I've mentioned this on other episodes, but make sure you're looping in with your employee assistance program. If you are an employee, there are many companies that offer free resources to lead you and refer you to therapists that will give you free services, if not discounted services. So please take full advantage of what's available for you. And then when you do decide to go to therapy, uh, because, you know, I was in a clubhouse room today with someone who came in my room and shared. I won't mention her name, but she mentioned she recognized that she needed to go to therapy, but she hadn't done it yet. My encouragement to her was to, to not procrastinate. But it's more than just going to therapy. Here's something I saw from self-care, uh, self-care dare. It said before starting therapy, write down any symptoms or experiences that have been troubling you. Think about the outcomes you're looking for. Think about what needs to change to reach your goals. If you're doing therapy online, make sure you have a good internet connection and a secluded place to have your session. That's important too. You wanna have some privacy if you're doing it online with the pandemic, depending on what part of the world you're listening from. There still may be some COVID restrictions in place, so you may be limited to telehealth visits, to online only. Have a good internet connection. Try to have some time. If you have a partner, Maybe, you know, schedule it around where you have some privacy because maybe there's some things you want to speak to your therapist about without the private, you know, with without, you know, your partner being around. There's nothing wrong with that. So some great tips there. And then during during therapy, don't lie or give half truths. There's no shame here. Share your feelings, not just the facts of your situation. So talk about how you feel. Don't just be logical. This is my struggle because I'm a logical thinker and I, I I'm trained and build up this barrier to keep myself from becoming emotional, at least publicly. So share your feelings, not just the facts. Give feedback to your therapist. What's working for you? What's not? Show up. Prioritize time for your sessions. And finally, put in effort. Therapy doesn't stop at the end of your session. You have to practice what you learn. So it's more than just saying, hey, I went to therapy. She gave me a list of things to do. Are you doing those things? Are you actively doing those things and benefiting from those things is key, right? So, um, Go to therapy with a purpose. Go to therapy with 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 intention, right? Um, that not necessarily your mental health uh, issue or your depression, your anxiety may just disappear because it may ne- it may never. Um, but at least you go with a purpose to learn how to understand yourself more, how to deal with your emotions, how to deal with your feelings, and then how you can then educate yourself. Once you understand yourself better, it's going to put you in a better position to explain that to other people, to your family, your friends, people who want to support and love you, but may not know how. Because I read something one time that, you know, people might ask you how you're feeling or how something makes you feel or what you're going through, but you may not quite understand it yet. So that's where therapy can come into play, where you can speak to licensed professionals to help you sort that out. So please take full advantage of those opportunities if possible. I'll leave you with this thought. Strength grows in the moments when you think you can't go on, but you keep going anyway. I open the podcast with that. If you're listening, you are a survivor. If you're still listening, it means you survived this podcast and you enjoyed it. So thank you for for still being here and tapping in with us. Do me a favor. Go and follow me on Instagram at the mental underscore wealth podcast. I'm also on Clubhouse at the mental wealth. Our club is growing. We're nearly 500 members We had a crazy big room today with a lot of different supporters and love and peace. Uh, But yes, support us. We're growing this thing. Uh, But congratulations to all of you who are surviving day in and day out. And uh, please reach out to me. Tell me your stories. 
slide into my DMs. I want to hear from you. Um, my good friend from South Africa, I'll just say, I'll use the letter D H, her initials are D H. We've been having great conversations about something that's been going on in her life. I really enjoy that because that's one way that it, it distracts me away from my own trauma, my own burdens is when I get a chance to help people and be there for people. So please, I encourage you to reach out to me with ideas, topics. Um, I want guest hosts. As you've seen in the last few weeks, we've been going ham on these interviews and we're going to have more in the coming weeks. Trust me. Great, marvelous interviews. And we're shining light. We're we're, we're, we're doing something great. I believe it's going to be amazing. It is amazing and it's going to continue to be amazing. But I only can do that because of you right now listening in your car, at your job, in your AirPods, on your lunch break, in your house. Thank you so much. Remember, I am mendable. This is the Mental Wealth Podcast, episode number 11, DJ Jazzy J. You can call me, Justin. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.